and welcome. And I'm messing about with the buttons. I'm Gav from Sea War. Uh, we've just won. We just beat Southampton. Uh, this is the, uh, the pub chat that we do after every game. Uh, I'm joined for the first time for myself by uh, Merv. How you doing, Merv? I'm doing good, thank you. A lot better than after Saturday's game. Uh, exactly. Uh, and Mike, how you doing, Mike? Yeah, same as Merv. Much better than the weekend. Much better performance first minute to last minute. Much better. Exactly. And uh, uh, Charlie, how you doing, mate? Good evening, guys. Yeah, I'm doing very well after watching that. Happy. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we could probably spend five minutes talking about the opening three minutes. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, Mike, uh, to start with. Uh, yeah. It's the roller coaster the first five minutes, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, we should have been one nil up, not one nil down. Um, Lacazette went for um, a cheeky little finish rather than a sim- more simple finish right by his uh, his left leg, which is what a right footer should do in that situation. But um, but he didn't, and that's it's worked out, and he's had another good game connecting. Um, and you know, Arsenal never dropped their heads, and so we've got a team who's looking good, but also what gives me more hope is we just look like a serious team. And from the first minute to the last minute, as we were just saying, off air is the, um, uh, maybe for the first time in a long time, we, we played two good halves um, from, from that literal first minute. So I'm uh, I'm just very encouraged after today, Gav. Yeah. Merv, uh, we'll take you on for the, the second point that happened in the opening minutes. Yeah. There's no excuses for how we defended that corner, is there, mate? No, none at all. Just, you know, I mean, all we could say is be start the game, a corner in the first minute. But they should, presumably, they're drilled during the day, during the training. They know how they're going to defend the corners. They've got the intel. They know where Ings is going to go. They know where Wolfram's going to put it. They they just, it, it, unprofessional. They just kind of were almost caught unawares that, that, that Southampton were going to do what they did. Yeah, no, fair they, did that, they did that, Gav, on the uh, on the weekend. They did that corner twice. So, uh, as Merv said, there's no excuse, especially when you just played them four days ago, and they just showed you exactly what they're going to do again. And um, you know, there were two of their Southampton players that took two of our defenders away, leaving the guy wide open. I'm, I'm telling you, if you go back to whatever day it was on the weekend, um, they did that exact same thing. So, no excuses there. Yeah. One of those, uh, Charlie. I mean, I'm you know, I'm shouldering a little bit of blame on Pepe for that because it, you know, he was the nearest man to uh, the Southampton boy, but he went up the other end, he he, he sorted it out, didn't he, mate? No, he did. And um, I've been just touching on the first five minutes that you guys said, I even said at the time when we went one nil down and we equalized, it was strange, as Mike said, we started so well and so positively. and it was the first time in a very long time we've hit the ground running like that in a game. And to be 1-0 down, it was a bit... Even after 10 minutes, still 1-0 down, we had another chance just after, before Pepe scored. And it was a good positive start. So I was, I was, it was quite baffling that we was 1-0 down after we played actually quite well. But yeah, Pepe, I mean, it gets a lot of unfair stick, I think, Pepe. And I, I do think he's the sort of player who needs to run in the game, coming in for 20 minutes or then, then, then start and then bench again. It's hard for him. But I just thought his overall performance tonight was much better. Um, I yeah. fancied him to put in a performance. I, I actually backed him to score any um, to to score first. So I was a little bit gutted that he didn't do that. But um, 
I just found, and it, the, I, 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 I've never thought we have tried this earlier. I just think he is so left-footed. It's unbelievable. I mean, he always wants to do that cutting on his right. Today, he looked a, a lot freer with just on his left foot. He was down out wider with the ball, cutting in and doing little one-two one, passes and going, which was a lot easier for him, rather because his body was already travelling forward with a touch of the left in. He could just run straight. Rather than he wants to do a one-two, his body's open. He has to do the one-two and then turn his body and go again. And the goal was typical for it. He got the ball made running behind. Great first touch out his feet. Very strong, holding the defender off and slotting the ball in. Good finish. And it, we needed that early goal after they scored. No, we did. What, what I liked about his goal there is he could have quite easily have gone down. If he'd gone down, we could have possibly got the penalty. But I like players in that situation to actually stand up, make a fight of it and get the shot off, oh, which great. he did. Uh, so it was all that. Uh, I know we've sort of jumped the gun, really. Uh Anybody, we haven't really got anything to talk about about the starting lineup. It was pretty much, I think the only choice really was Martinelli or Pepe, really. I don't think there was any any other sort of surprises or shocks was there today. Anyone? Yeah. No, not no. really, no. I think right, that, um, Cedric on the left, I think, you know, has, has worked before. And um, if Tinney couldn't play, I suppose there was talk about um, Saka going to left back, but I think we needed him in a more attacking role. So, yeah. and I think Cedric was one of the uh, successes of the night. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I mean, Louise's mishaps aside, uh, I know, like, say, uh, Ted in the chat has already said, Rob and Leno solid again. Uh, I mean, Leno, Leno pulled a couple of good saves tonight, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and, um, it's a regular thing. You know, he's either saving us or pulling off really good saves to keep us in games like he's gone and done there tonight. He's done. He's just done his job. In fact, to me, the most important moment that he had wasn't the saves. It was when Danny Ings uh, wiggled through the defence with about yeah. 15, 20 minutes to go and he'd beaten everybody. And if Leno wouldn't have come out, he'd have had a shot, a wide open yeah. shot, probably would have scored. And he... he, he uh, Focused, he paid attention, and he he came when his last defender was beat, beaten and uh, and smothered it, which was very very impressive. Also, I will add that David Luiz tried a couple of times tonight to try and throw us in a really bad situation. And right at the end there, when he dummied the ball, uh, I'm guessing Leno called him. I hope he did because that was a major risk. And again, Leno and Che Adams arrived at exactly the same time, and Leno's strong hands again has gone and saved the team. So. That probably won't get mentioned a lot, but that was actually a, a quite pivotal moment. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I've always said, just touching on Leno, you guys know I've been very, very praising him after Martinez and the stick that he sort of got, and people were turning on a bit. I thought when Martinez went, as as you said, Mike, there was a save at one all we made from the header in the first half. Superb. He got down to his right, kept it out, and it was a, it was a massive save. And, and it's, it's their moments that, keeps you in games and I, I, I'm just so so happy that we have got a goalkeeper that we can rely on that we can trust and before Leno we didn't have that did we? we had a Spina coming in and Chesney now and then it wasn't your sort of solid goalkeeper and I just think as Mike said that one at the end we got the strong hands on Che Adams where it looked like he could get a whack then and all he's very brave coming down at the striker's feet and the safe from Wall Prowse is free kick as well at that time they mm. score Five minutes to go, you know what we're like. We could have easily gone the other way. So I'm just, I just love his the way he's playing at the moment, and he's such a such a big part of this team, and and such a big part of 
how good, well, I wouldn't say how good, but how we're not letting in goals at the minute. Only two goals in the last six games we've conceded. So he's a huge factor of that. And he's like Tierney as well, isn't he? He's, he's like Tierney. He has another good game and another one and then another one. And then you start thinking like man of the match. I don't know if we're going to talk about that later. And you overlook him because we won the game. Yep. You probably give it to an attacker and that's fine because um, there were some other very good performances. But, you know, that game could have been different without him. And he's done his job and he's probably gone above and beyond in a couple of different moments. So kudos to – because him and Tierney – uh, I'm just him, Tierney, and probably Saka are the three most consistent players uh, without going through the whole squad I, I, this season. You know, uh, steady levels of high performance and eight out of tens every week. Yeah, yeah, no, fair one, Murph. We're going to go on to the uh, the other side of the central defence and the right and the uh, the right back. Uh, Holdings just sort of played himself now. I feel into a position where he's got to start. I think so. But I, you know, he's solid. Um, yeah, he shouts. He takes control. Uh, he doesn't get bullied. Um, he's definitely improved a lot. Now I know, you know, I look at Twitter hundreds of times a day, and I know that obviously there are some who don't think he's that strong. But I think you can't fault him, uh, particularly in recent weeks. No, and Bellerin yeah. tonight. Bellerin tonight, Murph. We we'll stick with you with Bellerin as well. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I was trying to make notes, trying to be professional, and I did. Uh, note number five was Hector getting beaten easily. Um, he, he seemed to be getting beaten quite a bit earlier on, and it just—he it, it, just seems a little bit off the pace. Oh, fair one. It—it it was one of those, Mike. It was. I mean, I put a comment, Mike, on my uh, on my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed at halftime that it was a bit like a basketball match, especially the first half, uh, mm. where both teams are sort of going for the high press. Uh, it's kind of how I want to see every game. I know it sounds daft, but like I say, I mean, when you've got two teams at high pressing, Mike, it, it's almost the quality is going to shine through. And I think that's tactically what happened today. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it was, and from the first, was it the 50, 52nd mark that somebody pressed and then the ball squirted loose on Xhaka intercepted it, and that's that's the Lacazette chance was the high press and Xhaka um, intercepting it and passing it through to uh, Lacazette. And, um, you know, we can't high press every game, especially in a condensed season where we have more games in a short period of time. Um, you know, it's just not physically possible. And, and our, you know, some teams might be able to do it a little more often than us because they've their squad depth, we've got squad depth, but their squad depth is more in form than ours because ours, um, uh, you know, isn't quite there yet. Um, but that was a big factor. I think maybe the biggest feature of the entire game for me, Gav, was the whole of our, just the whole unit moved up 10 yards. And so Xhaka and Party were winning the ball in the backside of the circle in their half of the field about, what's that, about 50 or 45, 50 yards out. And, and therefore, you know, that pass from Xhaka to Lacazette, Xhaka, if he wins tackles, is normally 20 yards deeper and isn't able to play a through ball. Well, granted, Xhaka's got a good left foot and he's got a good weight to pass. And we saw that. We saw that for Pepe's goal. But he's winning the ball and receiving the ball 20 yards higher up the pitch. So it suits him and it suits party and it, suited, it suits um, our youthful players as well. So kudos to Mikel Arteta because um, he's gone and seeing that game on the weekend. And I put a tweet out before the game that this was going to be a coach's game because we've just seen each other. 
So whichever coach comes up with the best game plan is going to give their team a big advantage. So I think Arteta's really helped our team by moving us, you know, 15 yards up the field. Yeah, it's no, the personnel no. as well, though, Mike, isn't it? I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to touch too much on Saturday's game. I weren't on with you guys, and I'm sure you said the same as me. I was so disappointed with the team you put out. Um, mm. And I thought we accepted defeat and threw away the cup. And today was with the players that you want to start. With that game plan you mentioned, it is impossible to do that with that group of players we had on Saturday. So, brilliant. He's done that, and it has worked out for us. Yeah, uh, Merv, do you want to uh, do you want to go through the uh, the second goal, Saka's goal for us, mate? Yeah, it was. Um, Lacazette did well, played him in, and he, yeah, it, it was it was just a lovely, smooth goal. It was kind of it was the kind of goal that we used to score, uh, and we possibly don't score as much. But it was just, you know, it was. Um, I just wrote it. I my my note was Saka brilliant, great pass, Lacazette working yeah. hard. No fair one. I mean, he's took the keeper, and if he'd taken another touch, yeah, I don't think that was going in, mate. Was it? No, it's no, no. Because it was basically, perfectly weighted, right? Yeah, I mean, he he's just, he's just he just took his chance, and that's a man in form, Mike. A man in form does that, and Saka is in form. Yeah, yeah, Gav, you're, you're dead on. There's, um, he's confident why he took it around the keeper. He knew he could do it and he did it. But there's the other piece to it, which was tonight before the game started, I was sort of wondering to myself, Mr Pepe, this is it for you, buddy, because, you know, there's a new signing coming in that his primary position is on the, on the right, so Saka may move. And you just may be left out and shunted further down the list. So you need to have a big game. And there's going to be a direct comparison on the field for the first time in a long time with Saka and Pepe both on the field. And Pepe had a much, much better game. But one thing that Saka's got that Pepe just does not have is the willingness to use the right foot, the goal. The third, because that he hit that ball first time, not easy, with his right foot. And there's no way Pepe would not have done that. Um, so I don't want to knock Pepe. He's had maybe his best game of the season so far. But you can just see the levels are higher in Bucky Osaka, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, no, fair one. Charlie, we'll go to you, mate. Uh, it was almost a weird way because the beginning of the season, we would have started Saka left and Pepe right, and they've almost swapped over. Yeah. Who do you like where, mate? Because I was kind of liking tonight. I think I think I think you can't argue with the stats, though. To be fair, Gav, I think since Saka, <clears throat> sorry, since Saka has moved out to the right, he's got four goals. He's got lots of assists. I think, as as Mike said as well, just touching on the use his right football and he's quicker. When you've got a right midfielder that can deliver the ball with a right foot straight away, it's going to be more sort of impactful. Do you know what I mean? So I, I like Saka out right. I really do. I think if Aubameyang's fit. Pepe doesn't start tonight, obviously, or not fit, but if anything's going on. Pepe doesn't start mm. tonight. Aubameyang really got that left cemented position. I know he hasn't been playing well and he's, he's kept there the whole time, really. So they are fighting for the same position, Saka and Pepe. So, and at the minute, you'd have Saka over Pepe. But it's just pleasing to see Pepe come back with a, with a decent performance tonight and getting a goal as well. Where well, his confidence. Can I chime in on that one, Gav? Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on, mate. 
Yeah, so um, another thought, just to piggyback on Charlie's thoughts and agreeing with Charlie, but um, just the again, that first goal, the ball slid into Pepe because he's left-footed and he's on the left. He lets it come across his body as you should, be it, be it, you know, whether you're right-footed, left-footed, you have to let that ball come across your body because, um, and he did and he scored. And so my thought um, about Pepe on the left, and I know Dave Seeger, uh, has been pushing this as well for a while, is because Pepe doesn't have a whole lot of football intelligence, which probably is a core problem in his game. When he plays on the right and he gets the ball and he's one-footed, he always cuts back into traffic. But when you stick him on the left and, he, and he's one-footed still and he cuts the ball to his outside, he's moved away from traffic. Hence his goal and many other things that happened well for him tonight. So I think... He's gone and given Arsenal um, another option there, a true winger on the left, because we don't really have a winger on the left. We have strikers on the left. And he's also probably resuscitated his career somewhat, because tonight he could have gone down the pecking order or up the pecking order because Erdegaard is about to walk in the building and plays the same position. So um, really important to, to note that. Because um, if Pepe would have picked that ball up from Jack at that through ball, slightly to the right side. We all know what he'd have done. He'd have received on his left foot and cut back and had a crowd of defenders. Yeah. No, I mean, Merv, on this one, right, I'm... I say it's the first time me and you have chatted, Merv, right? Yeah. I'm kind of of the opinion, right, that when we've got sort of, like, the line-up that we had tonight, I like seeing the left and the right wingers switching every now and then. Even if it's only for five minutes, just to give the fallback a bit of an issue. We didn't yeah. see a lot of that tonight. Do you think no. it's something that Arteta should sort of look at doing in the future? Or I agree with you that I think it's good tactically to keep the the fullback on the toes. Uh, it keeps the whole defence um, kind of guessing. Um, he, he seems to like. Um, he seems to have the team set up, and everybody's got their positions, doing their pressing and stuff, and and. Now we've got so much more solid in the middle with Partey, who I'm sure we'll discuss in a minute. Um, it, it seems less likely, but I agree with you. That used to be, particularly in, in, in the good old days we can remember, in the Wenger glory years, you never knew when people were going to pop up. And yeah. I think people could move to other sides. Um, it possibly could have happened more, but I think it, 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 it does suit Pepe more on the left. Um, perversely. And Saka certainly, since he's moved to the right, seems a lot sharp scoring. It, it, it's kind of, I think he he will thrive anywhere but I think, yeah, it, it brings out the best from him on, on the right. So, whilst I would agree with you that they that it would be nice if they did that and really kind of kept uh, the, the opposition on their toes, um, I think Arteta knows where their strengths are, knows the way he wants them to play and probably hasn't encouraged it. Yeah, no, Phil, I'm not sure if we've lost Mike or we're gaining two mics here. I'm here. I'm back. Hold on. You're back, yeah? Back. Oh, hold on. Let me uh, I'll try and boot you out. The other one. You can hear me, Mike, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, what we're going to do, boys, I think it's only fair. We've got three midfielders that we haven't spoke about yet, so we'll do one each. Mike, go on. You pick pick one. Pick No, in fact, I'll, I'll nominate. Mike, you can start with Xhaka. Okay. 
Okay, well, Jack has been improving recently, taking the game more seriously and played far better defensively the last few games. Uh, offensively, receiving the ball in his own half, he's still been passing the ball sideways and backwards far, far more often than forwards. What happened tonight, uh, the coach's system has benefited Granite Jacker because now Granite Jacker got excited. So he was receiving the ball or winning the ball, you know, 45 yards from, uh, from the goal. And so therefore had the... Um, uh, you know the initiative and the positioning to play a through ball rather than forwards and back uh, sideways and backwards passes. So now we're seeing a better uh, defensive performance married with, you know, putting him in an area where he can, we can utilise his um, weight of pass by by move, moving the unit up the field. So to me, that was probably his best game for a long time because he did both sides of the game really well rather than just an improved uh, defensive effort. Yeah, no, fair one. Charlie, we'll go to his partner in crime party uh, for yourself. Uh, I was kind of thinking party was going to take the game by the scruff of the neck a little bit more than he did, especially in the first half. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, you've got to understand as well, he's, he's come back from a, from a bad injury. Well, it's not a bad injury. I thigh is very niggly and can be very sort of, uh, can affect you long term. I'm sure that is in the back of his mind, especially after coming back once and getting it again. Um, but no, but it, it just gives us a presence in there, though, Gav. Do you know what I mean? His size, his strength, mm. his, his, his work rate, he's quick, he presses. He, as, as Mike mentioned earlier on, very one of the first bit he spoke about, he, with this press and what we were doing, he gets up there, uh, party, got the energy and the, and the energy to do it. So he gets up there and gets back. And I just think it just, we're, much better team with him in there, and Jacker is a much better player alongside him. He just gives yeah. us that. He, 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 he doesn't look, look too flustered, Charlie, does he? It, no, he doesn't. The like, ball comes into him, he does a drop of a shoulder, just lets the ball roll past him, and stuff, little things yeah. like that. Not even touching the ball, taking a defender out of the game just by his body movement. Doesn't have to touch the ball. And it's just no. assuring. He doesn't give the ball away. That's one thing you, you can look at. As much as he didn't no, grab I, the game by the scruff of the neck. Do you, do you, Charlie, I mean, it's just for me, mate, I kind of almost think that he's coasting around the game in, like, second gear all the time. That That's what it feels like to me. But he does nothing wrong. He does everything right. But I'm thinking, has he got another gear? Do you know, well, what, I mean? do you know what I'm saying, I mate? do know. I do know what you mean. I think he's that sort of player. He's a big sort of gangly guy, and he sort of moves about the field quite easily and elegantly. And it looks like he ain't putting in a... He's not, not putting in a sweat, do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, what he does do is just it is effective to the fact where it gives us so much more defensive solubility in the in the midfield. We look better defensively. And going forward, he has got them passes. He moves the ball by one touch. And it's just in little details that he does that just create just that little bit more time and a little bit more space. And it and and it allows the freedom, what I'll let Merv talk to about in a minute, is with Smith Rowe just to sort of do what he wants as well and sort of not have to worry about dropping back in there because he knows he's got two people in there that can do that sort of stuff for him. Yeah, no, fair one. I mean, Murph, uh, obviously yeah. we're going over to you for Smith Rowe for the last one out of the midfield three. For myself, I felt Smith Rowe tonight was, he didn't stand out as much as he's been standing out every game, but no. he was doing his job and he was doing his job right. Was I mean, can you see any sort of Pros and cons with Smith Road tonight, or are you kind of seeing it how I was? 
No, I, th I would agree with you. I think that having party there cha changes the games. It, it, it's, we've got somebody who's a smooth operator, who uses the ball, can dictate the tempo, isn't going to lose it, isn't going to panic if he's under pressure. And I think that um, Smithrow, if we look at the games, uh, I suppose like Chelsea, uh, yeah, West Brom, Newcastle, um, he he. There was a lot of focus on him to to in the middle to 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 be the creator, and I think that tonight his his pressing was amazing. He was pressing all the time. He caresses the ball. He does it also for a young kid. He doesn't panic. He doesn't get flustered. But I didn't feel there was, uh, if you like, as much pressure on him to be the the main creator tonight. He was able to play a very different kind of role. Yeah, I mean, his, his pressing was good tonight, Merv. I, I liked his yeah. pressing. I thought he played a little bit higher up the pitch and he wasn't necessarily dropping back. He was in the positions that Mike's going to nod when I say this. He's in the positions where we'd want him to be. Mm. I'm looking for Mike to nod. You're nodding, Mike. I'm nodding. Yeah, nodding, Mike. Uh, but it just sort of, it just, like what he was trying weren't happening. But I just thought it was an overall very, very good performance by Smith Road tonight, Merv. It was, it was, you could tell he got cramp, he got, you know, I mean, it, it, we had a couple with cramp, which shows the, the pressing they were doing, the pressing, yeah. the running. Um, was that cramp? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's a, there's, a comment from, there's, there's a comment from Terry Harper in the chat. Do you think the young players could burn out? And I think that kind of goes alongside the, uh, the cramp issue. Um, yeah. We'll go, like I say, we, you know, we started the game with Lacazette. He missed the early chance. Uh, and then he got a goal. He got a goal, didn't he, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was a um, big kudos and a um, fine effort from Mr. Cedric there. He had a very, very good game. And so sort of belies the myth that you can't play as an inverted fullback. I know Maitland Knowles didn't have a good game the other week, but, but he played the position to best effect, rather than trying to use his left foot to put crosses in, he'd cut back and he'd quickly switch to Saka. And I'd say that was probably the pre-game tactic that they were telling Saka to stay wider when Cedric got the ball. But he was consistently pinging the ball out there, which is what he did for the goal. Saka's lovely touch. And then Lacazette at the far post. So Cedric and Saka in particular have made that. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was... Sometimes I feel with Lacazette that and I'll go to Charlie after I've spoken about this, that sometimes I don't feel that he's bombing in enough and sometimes there's balls in front of him which he should get at. But tonight, Charlie, he went in and he went in where it hurt, didn't he? He did. And uh, I was watching the game with my dad. And, uh, he I bet was... your dad liked that goal. Yeah, he did like that goal, but he was a little bit frustrated with Lacazette in the first half an hour. And mm. he was not too happy with the way of his body language and the way he was not really was doing that press, but it seemed like the others around him doing it. My dad was moaning the fact that he wasn't. And I was saying to him, well, he's, 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 do, he's, he's obviously been told to do a job here, just to sort of try and pick up any bits and stuff like that. But the second half, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he got the goal and he's our top goal scorer now this season. Do you know what I mean? So he's on a little, he's on a little purple, he's on a nice little run at the minute, goals. Um, and obviously with Aubameyang not here, we need him to be doing that, to be chipping in with the goals. And as, and as much as it was a great ball from Cedric and the ball in from Saka made it very hard to miss, he still slung his body into it and he got he got there and he got the whack, went into the post, 
And that's what you want to see. You want to see people doing them sort of getting into them and sort of putting hung, their neck on the line. He had the hunger yeah, exactly. to get there and to get in it. Well, uh, exactly. we're, going to have a little bit of, we're going to have a little bit of chat more about the second half. If anybody's in the chat wants to give their who who wants to be the man of the match thing, type it in the chat and we'll read them out as we go along. Uh, but, Mike, it, it was just sort of an overall decent performance. Even though, like I say, the second half I thought we controlled the game a little bit better and the first half was a little bit erratic. But, again, it was high press. It was players, a lot of players of our players on form tonight. It, it was it was just nice, really, wasn't it? Yeah, very professional performance. And I think that they played the game the right way round. I've been wanting that myself for uh, ever since Nicola Arteta came in. He seems to play the second half stronger than the first. And I've always thought that psychologically it's a whole lot more intelligent to start fast. So the other team um, lose the psychological battle. And we played a very, very strong first half, uh, best for a long time and uh, just left to manage the game in the second half. Another thing that I did notice about the, the, the overall performance and something that we've all been crying out for for a long time is uh, when I visualise the game I've just seen, I see forward passes. Simple as that. Yeah. And I know you shouldn't. It's almost like giving someone a clap for brushing their teeth, really, isn't it? You shouldn't have to give the team a round of applause for passing the ball forward. But we all know why I'm saying that, because that's not the direction of travel that the ball's been going in. But from minute one all the way to the end of the game, you could see the players were wanting to pass it forward. They passed it forward more than they passed it backwards. And they only passed it backwards when they had to, rather than just being scared and passing it backwards just for their, you know, their pad their possession stats. So I thought that that married with the fact that Arteta's got them moving fluidly now off the ball and the runs off the ball and the connections and Lacazette, the Charlie, I think Charlie was saying about his performance and, and he's connecting well and it's all working. But uh, so I want to say to Mikel Arteta, uh, well done. He's really turning this thing around. Yeah. I think on that, Mike, you'll just touch it and it, it has turned it around. I mean, you think since Boxing Day, that game at Everton, we've had six Premier League games. We won five of them, drawn another. And the biggest thing for me is in that time, we've scored 14 goals. We were struggling for goals. We were yeah. putting goals in the net again, which is vitally important. And and like even today, we were 1-0 down early. I wasn't panicking. I thought we, I thought we started the game well. I wasn't panicking. And it, and I, we were proven right. I think that at the moment, with the, the, the team are playing with a belief again. And they think they can do it. I mean, we were 16th in the league at one point. We've now gone up to 8th. I know that that's still not acceptable for Arsenal Football Club, but we're moving in the right direction. Southampton, I think, I think it was less than two months ago, were top of the league, and yeah. now they're eleventh. Do you know what I mean? So it shows how quickly things can just turn around. And another positive tonight was that it was actually the first game that we've gone behind uh, an away game. We've gone behind and come back and won. Yeah. So just little things that we, it shows a bit of character in the side, and and realistically as well. And today we've we've got we've gone away to a good Southampton side, got a good away win, and realistically you'd like you'd probably say you've got two of your best players out, Aubameyang and uh, Tierney, not there, and then that's not including someone Sabayos who definitely would have got a part at some point today. You think Gabriel maybe fully fit would be in there, so it is. It's very, very positive to go away to a team like Southampton who have been beating teams this season, and and to go and to get a good, a good, a good away win. We we didn't, we weren't hanging on. We we, we went out there and we done the job. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Merv, you're a you're a bit of an old school boy, mate. Uh, 
you probably remember lots of games we've lost at the, at the Dell and St Mary's over the years because it, yes. it's not been a, like I say we, we've got good memories of the uh, was it the three or the four one the Rocky uh, the Rocky Righty game four one but yeah, yeah, there's been yeah. a lot of games down at Dell where where they've turned us over mate haven't they over the years I know I was there at the last one where uh, we lost three two I think it was Hassan Hutton's first home game and we we were poor i think i mean the the thing that i love from boxing day onwards is the energy the the watching the games particularly as that run was getting worse and worse with like the southampton home game burnley that that kind of league run was just there seemed no energy um there was just lethargy it was just yeah it, it was just pass move there was no running, there was no people in space, there was no no one hungry for the ball. And that's, I think, initially, a lot of what Smith Rowe brought in um, when he started, like the Chelsea game, the West Brom game, the Brighton game, was hunger for the ball, wanting the ball and doing something with it. Um, and, and this energy is keeping up. Obviously, Saturday, unfortunately, uh, perhaps he, he, a decision was made that, that, that they need to concentrate having a crack at top four um, and, and maybe that I mean it was a it should have been a good enough team Saturday but it clearly it wasn't a unit it wasn't an energetic unit uh, whereas tonight was tonight was close to I suppose to the they're, they're starting first 11 without Tierney and Aubameyang yeah no fair one uh, right before we finish off with man of the match I hope you boys are going to stick with this for another five ten minutes uh, Michael Hinton in the chat, given lots of talk about rotation and risk to injuries in the running, do you think we should prioritise the league or the Europa? So, uh, go on, Mike, you can you can hit this one first. OK, well, um, now that we're out of the FA Cup, I think we can probably, and, and you know, we've got to ball ourselves a second creator, and it looks like we're after, maybe Charlie knows we're after a, another left-back, I think we can do both, quite honestly, Gav. I think that the league is so congested that, you know, I think we're three points behind Tottenham, who were top of the league about a month ago. And I don't know how many points, haven't checked the table, how many were off the top four. I know we've probably played an extra game. Five. but we're, we're, five. We're, five, we're five points behind West Ham. We were sitting in full from the same points. But, again, if only us and West Ham have played 20 games. So, we're in a little bit yeah. of a false position, really. Yeah, well, I, I would say that um, Europa is probably the big one because you get a trophy and you also get an automatic place in the Champions League and it would have to be some Herculean effort from us and asking four or five others to drop off the map for us to get top four from here. still possible, uh, but the Europa League, looking at this new inform arsenal that Merv's been uh, talking about with uh, the energy and, uh, and such, you know, very capable. I don't know who... Um, who the favourites are to win the Europa League, but I'd say Arsenal are probably in the top three. So uh, that, to me, is priority number one, but Premier League is very close to it. Um, and so losing in the FA Cup might just, you know, retrospectively have, have given the club um, uh, an edge in, in these other two areas, I would say. Hey, no, I'm not going to agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, think, I think... I think... I think Mike's right. I think I think the Europa League is probably realistically our best chance of Champions League football. I think, uh, but it's also it's luck, isn't it? Getting a draw and we've got Benfica, which I'm not 
that great this year, but they're generally not. They've got their whole squad has been out for COVID um, last yeah. week. The games were cancelled. So, and, and I can I can assure you, people I know in who have had COVID and getting over that takes a while. Gabriel, look, Gabriel Saturday, how good he's been. Is he, he was fitness wise just wasn't to the level. You might think in his head he is, but just he just wasn't. So, if we get through that, and the Europa League is. Year on year, it gets more difficult and difficult. The team, the level, the, the level of teams in it get better. And you'd like to, and you look at the team, even the English teams, and you've got us, Tottenham, United, Liverpool, and Leicester. All four of them be looking at a chance they, they could win that. But I think we've got to be realistic. I think we've just got to keep trying with the league, just keep ticking away. I'd be, I, the way we are, I would be happy if we can get in the top six to get a Europa League spot again next season. I think that's got to be the initial target at the moment get into the top six. I think the top four was probably a little bit out of the way. But then we also have to concentrate on the Europa League. And, and I think with the addition that we got in with Odegaard coming in, should be announced tomorrow. Um, and as Mike said, we are, we've got a sub-keeper now that we're happy with. I think we are looking to bring one other, maybe two. Um, but then if we could get them, them back and the players that were not fit back to fully fitness... We have got a squad to be working on again, uh, big enough and more capable enough to play on Thursday, Sunday nights, uh, Thursday night, Sunday daytimes. So I think we just got to take it easy. Don't get ahead of ourselves. Just keep doing what we're doing. And But I do definitely think Europa League is our main target at the minute. Yeah, right, Merv. Yeah, well, I said on Saturday that uh, I felt that the, 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 the main competition this season was the Europa League because the squad... To, to completely restructure, rebuild the squad needs Champions League money, and and yeah, that probably their, their their best route back to the Champions League uh, was to win the Europa League. But you know, uh, we've we've had a good performance tonight, and 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 suddenly we're thinking well, we're not far off the top four. It's five six points. I know everybody needs to play everybody else, but but you know, our next three games are United, Wolves, Villa, which which will all be tough. Um, and so it, it's possibly, uh, I, I, I feel that particularly with Erdegaard joining, um, we, we, we could have the momentum, particularly if we're not, as we're not in the FA Cup, to maybe scrape into the top four. But, but I think that the, the Europa League still needs to be important. And as I think back to a comment that Josh Kronka made after the Baku final. Uh, he said that, that the second half, what, uh, he, he was watching all the, the transfer plans for the summer fall apart because we clearly weren't going to win it and be back in the Champions League. So I think for the club to properly restructure the squad, they obviously need the Champions League, A, to attract players and B, for the extra money it brings. Um, and it's really, you know, at, at the moment, I, I mean, I originally thought... Um, the champion, the, the the Europa League should be the priority, but it's only one game tonight. But the way they actually went about it and kind of what they showed with with, with the, the the setup and the energy, maybe we can be the team which which, which carries this run through over the next um, six to ten games. Yeah, Not sure no. if you guys um, have uh, seen that tweet put out by AFC Bell today, who seems to be pretty accurate about uh, Arsenal trying to get, they, he called it an A or an A-plus elite signing in the summer, but it'll be based on either the Cronkies or Champions League money. So, you know, and all the Arsenal fan base will reply on Jack Grealish, which is probably who it is. 
I would say, because yeah. he was hinting that way. But so if that was, if that's on the table, if we get in the Champions League, you get a player of that level who makes consistently such a big difference and is proven in this league. Oh my, that's that could take us. And Merv made a really good point. You know, uh, for us to improve and get better, we need Champions League money. Um, so it's not like we want to go in the Champions League and win the Champions League. That's not happening anytime soon. But you have to have that money in order to get the better players um, and uh, move forward. It's pivotal. Yeah, and I'm Greenish, Mike. That is a. That is a. I think that is Arteta's number one guy. That yeah. He would want and build a team around. And and well, the, the feelings of clubs. Would he, would he, this this is my weird one with Greenish. Is would he want him and Partey in the middle? No, I think you, you, I think the way we play and we mix things up around sort of that front four, so to speak. He can play anywhere. Greenish can't. He can play behind the number ten. He can play on the left. You could put him on the right if need be. Um, I, I, th- I think he's, he he would be a outstanding signing for Arsenal. He doesn't hide the fact that he likes Arsenal. I think that you'll find that he every time Saka a holding puts something up on Instagram, he always comments on it and sort of that laughing and joking with him. So he, he he's someone who I know fact Arteta would like. His agent's that Jonathan Barnett, who is an Arsenal fan. I know that doesn't mean a lot, but he's a big Arsenal fan. Um, I think if if, if if Arsenal could get that done, then I think that's something they would definitely, definitely be going for. But I just think I'm sure we're, we're not... It's, a lot of, it's going to be not, a lot of money, though, Charlie. It's, it's going to be a lot of money, be, and we're not going to be the only club after him, are we? Put that, that's going to be no, realistic. No. Well, anyway, let's, let's finish off the game tonight. Uh, I'll start with Mike. Uh, man of the match tonight, Mike? Yeah, um, not an easy one, because there's four or five that played very well, but considering he was playing somewhat out of position, played a really good offensive and defensive game, I'm going to give it to Cedric. Um, and, and he's made a difference in one of the goals as well. Um, and so he's gone and I put in my notes myself that Pepe and Cedric had had to have big nights. Pepe had to because there's a new signing coming in, as, as I've mentioned. And uh, Cedric, for the same reason, I think if Arsenal get a backup left back, which they probably will, then Cedric may tumble down the ladder. Well, now he's, you know, as they say on the Arsenal Vision podcast, he's stock rising. He's going to move himself up the ladder. And so you'd say even maybe he's a, I would definitely start him in front of Bellerin. I'd have done that a while ago anyway, because I think uh, Bellerin's not been playing anywhere near the level. But he's gone and really given himself a a chance to be a, a solid part of our squad going forward. So, round of applause for, for Cedric Suarez, I say. Right, Merv? Oh, um, I was originally going to say Saka. Um, but the more I thought about it during our conversations here, it, it gives the game the wrong flavour. But I, I, I'm thinking Leno, because it's not that we were under the cosh, but he made some very crucial saves. And we said late in the first half, there was the one with Ings. You know, if Ings pulls one back, then the Ward Prowse free kick towards the end. Uh, we saw Chelsea what happened, they were beaten and they got one, and then the penalty which he saved. So, I, I think his, his, I would say man of the match because he stopped it becoming, he, he, he stopped them coming back and us beginning to panic and stuff. It makes sense, yeah. Nice, fair one. Um. Mine was uh, Saka. I've got to, I've, I've said to Saka, I just think he's, he's, he's he just he's 
the way he plays and glides around that pitch and he directs, he goes past players, he makes little runs in. He chopped off of a goal and the assist and Saka for me. I thought he was excellent. But Mike and Mike and Merv, I think it's between them three. We've all said, um, I think Jacka could add a, a, a little mention there as well. I thought Jacka was superb again tonight. Uh, but no, it's Saka for me. Well, I'm going to put a fourth in the mix, boys. Uh, I know it's not, and we didn't get a clean sheet, and this ain't going to be the most popular one in the world, but I like Rob Holding tonight. I like Rob Holding the fact that when uh, Louise did balls up, he was in the way. I like the fact he put a couple of decent blocks in. I like the fact he was getting some decent headers in. And, yeah, like I say, I'd like to see a centre-back doing a centre-back's job, and I thought he'd done a centre-back's job tonight. So He doesn't make mistakes, does he, Gav? That's what no, there, there, was, there, there, there wasn't any. And people saying, like I say, you can <clears throat> slag him off for his pace and for his the balls that he does out and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he just knows where to be. And he's, again, he's not peaked. When you're looking at a centre-back, centre-backs yeah. peaked towards the end of their 20s. It's the same as keepers. So, Leno, again, is probably a couple of years under the curve. And, well, a couple of years above his curb for his age, if you know what I mean. And that's what I look at when I see Holding. And the more hair he loses and the more he looks like Stevie Bold, the happier I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, right, before we wrap this up, uh, Man United next, isn't it? Big one. Yeah. yeah. Go up, Merv. What are you thinking? I'm confident. I'm always confident. Um I think we close. I think we might just scrape it three, three, two. Oh, just goals everywhere, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Charlie, I want to go for a three-one win, like tonight, mate. I think um, I, I, I just I don't know. I, I, I feel quite confident against United. I know I shouldn't be, but I just think I know they're top of the league and they're doing well. But I've been watching them. They're, they're, like the Fulham game last week, I thought they were very fortunate to get the win. I thought they, I thought they played quite well on Sunday against Liverpool, but I thought Liverpool side was a lot weakened. But no, I think, and I think we're, uh, I think we're big. I'm quite confident we're going to win three-one on Sunday, a uh, Saturday. I'm hoping it is true. And uh, Mike, one-nil, Lacazette. Oh, hey, I'll take that all. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Would you have Gav? I would take. Uh. To be honest with you, I'm still sulking about the FA Cup game over the weekend. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think we can get something out of it. I don't know if we can beat them, but I think we can get something out, out of the game. I, I wouldn't would be too displeased with a draw. No, I mean, well, you'd take it, wouldn't you? I mean, I know we're, we're at home, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's still Man United, and they've got that fellow who's bang on form at the moment, but they've still got a lot of players that... I don't particularly rate a Man United. I think it's such a weird, funny league this season that literally the top 14 can all beat each other on any given day. And it, it's it's just so messed up. And I don't know why why that is. And it it's just a very, very weird, strange league this year. And I don't think you can really sort of predict anything. And to go on the run that we've got at the moment... 
with sort of like, as you said, I think we've like dropped two points out of five or six games or whatever it is. If we lose one or two and then we go back on another run like that, then that would still put us in like fourth or fifth position. So it's still such a, a, a weird sort of a weird mix up that's going to happen with with yeah basically the, the situation that the country's in at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, boys, uh, thank you ever so much for joining us this evening. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks, boys. Let's have. Uh, I know we've got another one after the Man United game. I think Merv Merv's involved yeah. in that one, and uh, you're. I don't think anyone else is. I think it's just you back on next on on the. That's Man United, Merv. Okay. The other boys. Uh, but yeah, up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Good well done, guys. Yeah. I'm a new gunners. Let's see if I can push these. Let's see if I can push these buttons right. I'm just going to end it. Oh, here we go. It's so slow. I know I'm not buying an apple. <laughs>